Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And I very and truly legitimately am excited to be talking about your all-star game MVP, the first ever in Colorado Rockies history, catcher Elias Diaz. So much fun uh, to dive into there, and I definitely want to talk about all that. But because it's a good note, and we don't get those a lot of times around here, I wanted to finish on it. And actually, I'm, I'm going to start on something that I also believe is a good note, but also a, bit, a little bit more of a of a fight, right? We, we fight first, and then we, we kiss and make up afterwards. But I do want to talk a little bit about somebody else who shined in the All-Star game. You may know where I'm going with this a former Colorado Rocky, and somebody who, quite frankly, I have always very much appreciated and, quite frankly, enjoyed, Carlos Estevez. I want to talk a little bit about the conversation around him and, well, all of it, right? Let's dive into that, and then I'll finish on all the good, juicy Elias Diaz stuff, because that was so much fun. But... The Carlos Estevez thing was really interesting, right? Because he's introduced on the national stage with a joke about having been allowed to escape Coors Field, right? And I've seen a lot of this both locally and nationally, and I wasn't really going to dive too much into it because I feel like I've sort of made this same point before with other players, most specifically with DJ LeMayhew, where when guys leave here and do better, the conclusion is often, if not always reached, that the reason they're doing better is because they got away from this horrible organization and all of the coaches are terrible and all of the development people are terrible and there's no way of getting the best out of that player in Denver. And then to some degree acknowledging that the ballpark makes it difficult as well. And then celebrating when that player leaves and acting, again, as though the new coaching staff unlocked some hidden potential in them, that being on the Rockies always held them back. And these arguments rarely come with any sort of concrete evidence. It's just sort of a post hoc ergo propter hoc for those of you that aren't big into logical fallacies or speak Latin, right? After it, therefore, because of it. They're just pointing to, and again, the, the... most obvious situation I've ever seen this with was with DJ LeMayhew, where he went to New York. All of a sudden, he started hitting a lot more home runs. The slugging numbers went up, and a bunch of people assumed, aha, the Yankees coaching staff, which is, of course, far superior to the Colorado Rockies coaching staff, has unlocked a much better DJ LeMayhew. And that was a near universal consensus. Now, I ran the numbers. It just ain't true. There's absolutely nothing about DJ LeMayhew's profile that changed in New York. He wasn't hitting the ball harder. He wasn't hitting the ball in the air more. He wasn't hitting it to right field. None of it. There was nothing about his batted ball profile that changed. The only thing that changed was that right field got closer and shorter. So instead of hitting doubles off the wall or warning track outs to right field, he was hitting home runs. That's all that changed, right? And so the frustrating thing about this conversation is, of course, the same people, look, the joke in and of itself is neither inoffensive or or neither offensive or inaccurate, right? It is to to say, yes, he got out of Coors Field and it's much easier to pitch when you don't have to pitch half your games at Coors Field. The problem is that the same people that say that are the same people that didn't vote Kyle Freeland into the All-Star game in 2018, who didn't vote Kyle Freeland second 
in Cy Young voting when he very much should have been. And arguably, you could have even made a case for him being first in 2018 since he was actually pitching on a winning ball club, right? But they don't make the reverse Coors. We've talked about this ad nauseum for over a decade now, but that is why jokes like that can be so frustrating, right? Because if they weren't literally the exact same people who, whenever given the opportunity to build up a pitcher from Colorado who's having a good season, you know, Scott Oberg, Daniel Bard not being an all-star last year, despite putting up essentially the exact same season that Edwin Diaz did, right? That was treated as absolute bombast, sensationalism. He's got trumpets. He's got a song. The guy is a national sensation. Daniel Bard's having just as good of a season and is arguably just as good, if not better of a story, given everything that he's overcome. And the national media then doesn't go, man, this guy's trapped in the prison of Coors Field and he's still doing that, right? John Gray for years, the entire career of Jorge De La Rosa and Ubaldo Jimenez and Aaron Cook. And so, yeah, when you do that, it is pretty frustrating because the suggestion is that the only way for a pitcher to get good is to get out of Coors Field. And not recognize that the guys who succeed here, who are good here, are overcoming all of that. And they're not giving them credit for it. But let's get back to the DJ LeMayhew part of the conversation. Did Carlos Estevez actually get better in LA? Now, if you look at his numbers right now on the baseline, they're better. There's there's no way around the fact, right? Looking at it right now, Carlos Estevez with a 247 ERA plus, way higher than what his career mark, his career best in Colorado, 138. He also had a season, that was in 2019. In 2022, he also had a season at 134. So as I think a lot of people have pointed out, Carlos was very underrated in Colorado. He was up and down. He had you know a terrible shortened 2020 campaign. He had a really bad 2017, which was frustrating because that's when the Rockies were good. And he missed all of 2018. So fans don't with an injury. So so a lot of fans don't have a lot of positive memories of Carlos during those years when the Rockies were good. He was mostly good when the Rockies were were bad. So I think that's another thing that he never really got credit for. But then again, is the difficulty of pitching at Coors Field, which yes, ERA plus adjusts for some, but not entirely. But it's also important to remember the timing of all-star voting and and all of these things, right? Like I mentioned, Kyle Freeland didn't get into the all-star game in 2018, despite being basically the second best pitcher in the National League. But he wasn't the second best pitcher in the first two two months and a couple of weeks, right? That's what we're doing here. And, And it's important to remember, and I think that's more than fair, that we're talking about 35 innings of Carlos Estevez. Now, no one's rooting for him harder to keep it up and finish the season without blowing a single save. He's 21 for 21 right now, right? And keeping the ERA below two, it's at 180, and keeping it at 247. Now, you might be inclined to think, God, he was never like that in Colorado. Let me give you his last 31 innings here. So again, we're talking about 35 innings he's been in LA, right? 31 innings, his final 31 innings in a Colorado Rockies uniform, a 203 ERA versus the 180 he's got now. You adjust for the ballpark. Unfortunately, the the way I 
sort and do these things on baseball reference. It doesn't recalculate ERA plus for me, but it would be roughly what he's at right now. 247 in the 240s. He also had a stretch like this at the end of his 2019 campaign. Not quite as impressive, but a 20 game stretch with a 2 well, 220 ERA. So, again, not to take away, he absolutely deserved to be in the game, and he is thus far having a career year. Again, I, I hope it, it plays out for him. But if at the end of the year we look down and, you know, his second half, he got scored on a couple of times, it gave up a couple of ill-timed home runs, ERA balloons all the way up to, say, 240 or something. Right, That's still a very, very, very good year, but on an ERA plus standpoint, it's going to be much closer to the 138 to one, you know, he'll probably be more like in the 150s. It'll still be a career year for him, but it's not this, oh my God, he's a completely different player, a player that he was never in Colorado. He had stretches of 30 games here where he was almost as good as he's been so far in L.A., and that's with before you even get into the fact that as much as ERA plus can adjust for damage done at your park versus others, it cannot adjust for all the intense mental and physical adjustments that pitchers have to make when half their games are at Coors Field. How you have to set your sights differently. How you have to get used to the fact that your slider is not going to move the same way it does at home as it does on the road. And your curveball and all that other stuff. There's a whole entire extra set of calculations that pitchers who pitch half their games at Coors Field have to go through that other guys don't. And Carlos is far from the first guy to leave Coors Field and have his stats balance out because of this. And it happens on both sides of the baseball. It happens with offensive players as well because these statistics don't account for, yeah, I'm going to say it, the hangover effect, which is a thing for the hitting and the pitching. It should really what it should be called is the adjustment effect, right? The fact that Carlos now doesn't have to make these extreme adjustments everywhere he goes, that he can just pitch his game and in his division, he's going to be playing in California 70% of the time. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, Houston a little bit here and there, Texas, but still humid, hot, humid environments. And that's where he's going to pitch. And his stuff's going to move roughly the same. And I've seen some other people saying, you know, he's pitching up a lot more, which is something the Rockies don't let their guys do. It's like, yeah, he can he can afford to pitch up a lot more because he has more confidence in where his movement is going to go with his fastball. If you pitch up in Coors Field with your fastball and you miss your spot and it gets hit in the air, it goes farther. That's a fact. That's one of the things we've known since the 90s, right? That the ball flies farther in the thin air. That's before you get into the expansive outfield and all that other stuff. Fly balls at Coors Field are more dangerous than they are anywhere else. That doesn't mean Colorado Rockies pitchers can't pitch up, but it does mean that they can't do it in the exact same way that everybody else does. That's just one of many, many little things that open up to a player like Carlos Estevez when he does leave. But again... Why didn't Daniel Bard get any of that last year? Or Scott Oberg before him? Or Adam Ottavino before him? Or did I get the... No, no, no. I, I did the time. Yeah, Ottavino in 18, Oberg in 19. Actually, Oberg was good in both those years. But anyway. So, yeah. I'm very, very happy for Carlos Estevez. I 
couldn't literally could not have happened to a nicer guy. He and Carlos Gonzalez, I guess there's something about being named Carlos, two of the the two nicest people that I have met in this job. Period. And so I, I absolutely root for that guy. But it is a little bit odd and irritating and frustrating to see this people coming out to basically trash how much he was able to handle Coors Field better than most people. He's still, I think he's like sixth in team history in appearances or something like that. I'd have to go back and remember. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's appearances, right? That he weathered that storm. And, and rather than saying, given an opportunity on a national stage, you know, this guy was able to do some really impressive things in the most difficult environment in the game to pitch in. And he did it under the radar while almost no one was paying attention. So let's celebrate him. It's now let's take a shot at that and just say, well, thank God he's not in that joke of an organization anymore. Even though there were times when he was here, he was doing things pretty close to what he's doing right now. He just wasn't getting credit for it. That's that's all that is. So I'm going to transition to the other topic and I'm only going to make one argumentative negative point about this because again I, I can totally see where it's coming from but email this morning 7 49 a.m drew wakes up gets his coffee checks the email from mlb morning lineup and all-star game hero nobody saw coming <laughs> now i get it i get it the rockies are among the worst teams in baseball they've never had an all-star game mvp despite you know, Larry Walker, Todd Helton, Matt Holliday, all having played in the game multiple times. Cargo, uh, you know, never had huge all-star games. In fact, if you're listening to this, you're well aware that the all-star game is often a kind of bittersweet moment for the Rockies and for their fans. Because usually you've only got one guy in the game. A lot of times, I honestly, the reason, I, the biggest reason I'm surprised is not because I didn't think Elias Diaz could hit a home run off of an all-star. So I wasn't even sure he was going to play in the game. Like, when it was announced it was him and not McMahon, I thought, ah, that's great and, and more deserved, but they'll probably find a reason not to play him. But they did. <laughs> and he had a game-winning two-run home run in the eighth inning, and it was awesome. So, yeah, I, I totally understand that it's a bit of a surprise to everybody, but again, it, it can just be frustrating. It's like, every single thing has to be about... Wow, this guy, you know, and again, why isn't this a celebration? I did appreciate the broadcast did a bit of that. You know, 32-year-old in his first All-Star game, do whatever. Elias is having a fantastic season. I saw a lot of local media basically either trash it when he got in or basically throw up the a giant shrug emoji and go, see, I, I guess every team has to have one. I, I guess they're going to take him. And that, quite frankly... It's nonsense. Not only did Elias Diaz deserve to be there, he deserved to be the hero of the game, and he was. Off a of big Felix Bautista. That was a that was a big boy swing. And it was awesome. I know it meant a lot to him. I know it meant a lot to his teammates. I know that ultimately it's going to mean a lot to Rocky's fans and Rocky's history, and quite frankly, for the people who've stuck it out this year. You know, there, it's it, there's this funny dynamic, right? When I was a kid, God, I'm getting old. When I was a kid, 
People who checked out when the team was bad and only watched when the team was good were called bandwagon fans, and we didn't look super fondly upon that, right? Now there seems to be this sort of badge of honor for not watching the Rockies, for not paying attention. People aren't really boycotting. They're not organizing anything. They're not doing that, right? They're just being apathetic. And so apathy has been thrown at everything this team has done for the last couple of years. Big, small, doesn't matter. All-star game MVP, whatever, right? But this is a part of the Rockies' story and tradition and history now. And it's a great part of the story and tradition. I don't know Elias quite as well. Uh, he, he speaks plenty good English, uh, but not, you know, super conversationally. Uh, at least not with me. <laughs> at least maybe not with reporters. I do think there are some guys, quite frankly, if they're not, you know, feeling like talking to reporters, aren't going to, you know. But because of a little bit of a language barrier, you can only get to know a guy so well uh, through kind of scrums and, and interpretations and, and, and things like that, right? We've done a, a few one-on-ones where he didn't need to translate or anything like that. But the best I can tell, again, another just really, really sweet man, warm personality. Everyone seems to enjoy him. Uh, he's He's got a big smile. He had fun. With our, if you saw on the TikToks and YouTubes and all that we got going on from Mile High Sports, uh, we went around and asked who would win an all Rockies home run derby. Several people picked him, despite the fact that he doesn't, uh, you know, lead the team in home runs or whatever, but he's got big boy pop, as we saw in the All Star game, and he puts on a show in batting practice. But it just was one of those moments where it almost always seems to go the other way. You get your one all-star, it's Helton. He gets one at-bat late in the game. And on the second pitch, he hits a ground ball to the second baseman. And that's all you get as a Rockies fan for your all-star game weekend. Right, that's it. There have been so many years where those types of things happen. Or Brad Hopp has a big moment and then Dan Ugla totally blows everything. <laughs> you know, stuff like that, right? You Even when a guy has a good thing, it's... It's never the talk of the town. It's never the thing. And it's really, really cool. Especially, yeah, for the fans who have stuck out through not only the losing, but all the injuries, all the frustrations of this season. To get that moment for the people who've been here, for the people who are on Friday going to go back to watching games every day, that's who this was for. You know, everybody else can make their jokes and shrug it off and talk about how you know, this is the Rockies World Series. This is the Rockies Super Bowl. This is their national championship. All right. Haha. Uh-huh. That's fine. But it mattered to Elias, mattered to his teammates, and it mattered to his fans. And I've never, you know, I've been watching the, I love the All-Star Game. Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the best All-Star Game in all of pro sports. It's the only one that really maintains the integrity of the game. And so guys really got to bring it, right? So it's always, even before the nonsense about deciding home field advantage in the World Series came on because they ended the game in a tie. I remember watching that game and being very upset that the game ended in a tie. Uh, 
so again, I've, I've watched every All-Star game since I can imagine. My favorite part, though, when I was a kid, was when they would introduce the players. Because that was the only time I really got to cheer for my guys. Right? Which is what the game, in a lot of ways, could and should be about. And there's only so much you can do. Some of it's just happenstance. You know, you only get an at-bat or two. That's how it's going to go. Sample sizes and all that. But this was cool. It was really, really great. For the first time ever in the history of the Colorado Rockies, now 30 years old, that we've been able to end All-Star Game night and say, our guy did it. He's the one that played hero. MVP of the All-Star Game. No questions asked. No ambiguity about it. No, well, you could have given it to this guy or that guy. You had to give it to the guy who had a, a good late double. Like, he won the baseball game. Clutch as hell. When I asked Elias, you can go and check on the, the five questions, uh, five quick questions series on milehighsports.com. And I asked him about, you know, what the one of the questions is, what's the most exciting play in baseball? Uh, and he went, walk off home run, right? And then he kind of talked me through two of them that he's had in his career. And that was very so as close as you can get to hitting a walk-off home run without hitting a walk-off home run, right? That was so for him to have essentially the most exciting play for him personally in all of baseball on the national stage in front of all of these players that he admires and respects and thinks of as stars just as much as any of the rest of us do. And say, yeah, to this point in my career, I haven't been an all-star, but I am right now, baby. Uh, it was, I again, I, I couldn't have been happier for anybody. As cool as it would be if, you know, the first all-star game MVP in Rockies history had gone to Walker or Helton or Holiday or Tulo or Cargo or... Any of those types of guys. The fact that it's Elias Diaz, just, ah, baseball's the coolest sport, man. It's just the coolest. And it wasn't even, like, it wasn't even a bad pitch. I'm not even sure it was a strike. I'd have to go back and look at it again. But that pitch is moving away from him and down. He just went out and launched it. So, that's something that he'll remember for the rest of his life. And, that, and I, I really try to stay away from this phrase, but I'm going to use it for right now. This is my one for the year. I'm, I'm going to use this phrase, and I don't mean it as a put-down to anyone who might think I'm taking a shot at somebody outside of it, but this is my one time I'm going to use it today. That mattered to real Rockies fans. The ones who care about all of it. The ones who, if there is a parade in 2037, <laughs> will be the first in line. Or maybe second after somebody who's been trashing the team for years but wants to sell you a t-shirt. But these are the days you remember. Years from now, when... You know, you saw if y'all are Nuggets fans, you remember, right? The the posts go around. We lived through X, Y, and Z. That's pictures of the down years. It's the '90s time when Nick Van Axel was the best player on the team, or the the post mellow 
pre-Jokic years where there was a lot of kind of faffing about wondering, you know, if any of these guys were going to turn into superstars that never really did. And, you know, six or seven, I can't remember, consecutive years of missing the playoffs, right? And just not really feeling like you had any direction until one of the greatest basketball players of all time fell into your lap during the second round of a Taco Bell commercial, right? You never know what's going to change your team's destiny. You never know when that's going to happen. And we'd all love to give credit. And the Nuggets did a lot of great things after getting Jokic. But let's not kid ourselves that that is a massive stroke of luck. Sometimes they happen. And then sometimes you do some things around them and you end up winning a championship. Almost happened to the Rockies in 2007. It can happen again. And on the day when it does... Those fans are going to be looking back and saying, you remember in 2023, the team won 14 ball games and the entire squad ended up in the MRI unit and everyone was, I sent out the, the tweet from uh, Dumb and Dumber, you know, Jim Carrey's gone, and now, and now our pets' heads are falling off. Like it's been that kind of season. Just everything is falling apart, right? But this one moment where the first catcher in franchise history to make the all-star game wins it plays hero everyone on the national stage for however brief a moment has got to give him credit it's pretty cool Thank you for listening in to this episode of 20th and Blake. I appreciate you all. I hope you had a good time over the break. I've got some more stuff coming for you before they get back at it out there, including a conversation, a big breakdown on what's going on with Chris Bryant at this point. Uh, Not really going to do a second half preview because it doesn't really matter how many games they win or lose. So not in the traditional way anyway, but I will do some of the storylines, some of the individual things I will most be keeping track track of in the second half because it's not going to be wins and losses so i've got some storylines for you there as well but congratulations to elias diaz and carlos estevez and everybody uh, who played in the all-star game and everybody who watched it congratulations to you it was a lot of fun so thank you all for being absolutely awesome out there i will continue to be absolutely drew creaseman in here and until next time i will see you at the ball What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.